1: Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: Hello and welcome to Homestead Radio's first podcast of the World Cup. My name is Chris Hambling and I'm here to guide you through our preview of the tournament. The stadiums may be only partially built and the conditions terrifying to the paler members of the English squad, but the fun starts oh so soon. We'll take a look at the key teams, the English Chances, the Palace Connections, and also hear from the legendary Chris Kamara in a brief chat. I'm joined by Nick Gillard. Hello. Hello, Nick. Nick, you sound like you're on the
0: phone. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I'm in Brazil, mate. I'm in
2: Campela. Oh, yeah, sure. You're your correspondent out there in Brazil. How is how it? Is right
0: yeah, um, I'm changing the name to Rio. I love it. Um, all right. We were... Um, <laughs> we were I can t- see Table uh, Mountain <laughs> from outside my hotel window. That's great. Yeah,
3: that's oh, that's well, South Africa, isn't it? Already. <laughs> it already.
0: its yeah. I mean, if I'm you can
2: see excited,
1: Table did... Mountain.
2: Yeah, well, yeah I, I thought you might be excited, but i mean I, i'm not as excited
0: as i used to be about world cups my, uh you have got a go my nine-year-old son's going to do lally hasn't even bloody started yet i've actually in preparation my research for the show has been looking through his match attacks cards. so i'm just putting them in alphabetical order so i can just <laughs> grab players at random as we mention countries and then pretend to know about them for later in the show <laughs> he's got that lots of swapsies at least
2: it's a lot more research than I've done at this show, I have to tell you. But obviously this this um podcast is here just as an introduction to the fact we'll be doing review podcasts throughout the World Cup. But um so yeah, obviously plenty to talk about. Also helping us out today. We've got the returning after at least two years. Long it's, uh, sabbatical. Alex Pench. Hi Alex.
4: Hi, pleasure. Pleasure yes. to be back after a long sabbatical um away from uh podcast land. Yeah. But uh, I mean,
2: yeah. I mean, obviously, your one experience of our Radio traumatized <laughs> you for a while. It did. It did. <laughs> now you are back. But I'm back. Uh, so you you've been busy. You've been busy yourself. You've been uh, working on these statistics email sort of. Um, sort of uh, what would you call it? It's the Equalizer. It's, it's a, called. It's a,
4: how would you describe? it? It's a daily football email um, uh, with you know football stats and insight. Um, you know, we, it's good at the moment being involved in the build-up to the World Cup, so there's lots of stats at the moment around uh, all the different teams in the tournament, um, as well as, you know, all the transfer stories at the moment. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, there's, there wasn't a KG stat today, I'm afraid, but, you know, there's been several <laughs> other high-profile players that have been covered in the email recently that are on their way from their they- clubs. Yeah, I signed up myself recently, and uh, in the in the wake of um, the event that um,
2: you, you held, which was which Tom and Alex yeah. uh, attended on our behalf, and I know they had a, they had a really good time there as well. Um, but yeah, I signed up myself, and i have to say some really interesting stats coming out. I did share one the other day with an Arsenal supporting friend of mine who had a stat about Odzil and Fabregas and the comparison to how the two of them got on, which was very interesting seeing how much higher. Uh zill rate, rated in those equations. But yeah, there's yeah, excellent stuff. So I'd encourage everyone to sign up. What's the website?
4: Uh yeah, it's www.theequalizer.com Very simple. And uh, if you sign up with your email yeah, address and then you get the email um week daily uh, in your inbox. Yeah. Okay, good stuff.
2: But also also you have returned here and um yeah, like I say, the guys really enjoyed that the event they went to. and on the same night, uh, myself and Mr. Jill Holyoke. Attended football fan casts, a uh, similar event, uh, but that one was sponsored by Strongbow, which is why I went to that one instead. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I don't blame um, you That <laughs> <no>, honestly is. <laughs> it was
2: purely purely that they asked first, otherwise I would have been there, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. thanks but, um, yeah, also, we, um, yeah, I mean, that was a great one. We watched the 2 2 draw with Ecuador, which was a disappointment, but there was, you know, the food was lovely <laughs> and the, uh, and the drink's plentiful as well, which was, um, which was good. Uh, um, also in attendance there that day was Chris Kamara. Um, and uh, m- myself and Joe spoke to him sort of quite early on. Um, just got, got our picture taken and all that sort of stuff. And then once the cider had been flowing for a while, uh, a very drunk me and an <laughs> insanely drunk Chris Kamara were, had a chat about Palace and about England. It's uh, about four and a half minutes and that clip is now. <laughs> Right, we're here with Chris Kamara. Uh, I'm Chris Hambling, by the way. Hello,
3: hello. Hi, Chris, how you Hi. are you <laughs> I'm good, yeah. Chris, Chris, Chris. Yeah, Getting Chris uh, Cross here. I way too much strongbow. I don't know about you. Uh, no, not quite enough, yeah, you know.
2: Oh, uh, okay. There's time, <laughs> isn't there? There's there time. is time, that's
3: for sure. Um, yeah.
2: Anyway, just wanted a quick word for you about two things, obviously. We've just watched an England game, so we'll have a little chat about that. But just want to see what you thought of uh, Palace's season in the end. Palace, I mean, Tony Pulis, fantastic.
3: What a wonderful job. Yeah. You know, I have to say, They were given the best and vocal supporters of the year, Crystal Palace, and they deserved it more than anything else. Magnificent. They bought into it from the beginning. Don't lose that. That's the only thing I would say to Palace. Don't start to think, you know, now we're in the Premier League for another season, that we've got a God-given right to be there. Do exactly what you did last year. Support your team, even when things weren't going right. I was at games... Stoke City where you didn't ever shot a goal for 60 minutes and the crowd were brilliant, absolutely brilliant didn't boo, just got behind the team throughout the whole of the game and it was unnerving for the away team Yeah, you know it really was and then they cheered on the home team when they scored the goals and that's the difference between them staying in the Premier League and not and I know you're probably thinking well we've stayed in the Premier League so next season we've got to do better no, just be there every yeah. single season because that's what
2: it's all about. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know, I notice you up in the gantry a few times, I'm just know, behind there mate? and I saw the uh, we had the girls that were with us gave you a little cami give us a wave or something like that. Or well, we love you cami <laughs> they were <laughs> trying to you. They loved no, it. But... <laughs> I am
3: I am gonna dance with the um, the Crystal Palace girls. Oh quality. At half time at one game, you know, or pre match one game. I'm very much... just trying to sort out my tutu, you know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh God. I don't know what to think about that. Don't my All right, mate. Well, you did. You answered my second thing about. was going to be about the fans. So uh, let's just talk a little bit about England. You, you mentioned earlier on you think England will probably get out of their group, um, potentially. But, I mean, when, after seeing that today, well, what would you think? Don't don't worry about
3: the, uh, the friendlies, you know. Roy's not taking them seriously. I don't understand that. That's my only thing. You know, we had an opportunity tonight to play the team that's going to start against Italy for an hour or half, half a game or whatever, and he chose to make ten changes. It's his prerogative as manager, but he does—he only has them for a short space of time. Yeah. So how do, how do we get any continuity against proper opposition? I thought we would win the game tonight. I, you know, I was under no illusions that we'd beat Ecuador. Yeah. At the end of the day, we didn't. We ended
2: up drawing 2-2. Once again um, they look, they looked technically stronger, didn't they? I, I felt. I felt they were able to pass and move better than we were at times.
3: Well, like I said, it was a shadow squad, you know. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the proper team. Royals Ju- Royal say, Well judge me on the proper team. Yeah, yeah. But you know, well you know, we we'll put the proper team out in the first place in Royal, you know <laughs> Which <laughs> is Absolutely. yeah, you know, which is which is the you know, uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. It's over. It's gone. It's a waste of a. F- it's a waste of a game. Yeah. There's no ifs or buts about that. It was. A w- Why did we have it in the first place? Yeah. For what reason? You know.
2: That's. we didn't gain anything
3: from it. Nothing or, at, or at all. all. I didn't see anything I was yeah. yeah. For but who? Then, yeah, exactly. It's well, got to be the, the team bench, that yeah, got yeah. isn't right, yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Hopefully against Honduras on Saturday. At the game, I will be there. <laughs> uh, sorry. I, oh. <laughs> I'm flying out <laughs> so tomorrow to Miami.
2: Uh, that we play a proper team. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, take, take up now your no, time. A Thank you so
3: much. I, and and well up, the, up the Palace, Tony, <laughs> Tony Pulis, what a job. And I have to say, you know, I get, I get a fantastic reception throughout yeah. all the grounds that I go to. Yeah. But going to Palace, because the fans are just below me, they give me a magnificent response. You know well, you'll like, definitely get yeah, more yeah, next
2: season yeah. now they heard that. So. Yeah, yeah, great
3: <laughs> Brilliant. Cheers, Cammy. Nice. nice one. Thank Thanks, you. mate. Cheers. Bye now. Thanks
2: very much. Pleasure. Pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, enjoy Rio.
1: <laughs> Edit point. <laughs> I know Mikey's going to keep it.
2: Mikey's going to keep that bit in where I said edit point. I know it. I don't know why I did it to myself. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, at this point in time, hopefully you would now have heard that that wonderful interview with, with Chris Kamara and what an absolute legend for doing that. Um, I forgot to put my phone on silent. That's embarrassing. Um, <laughs> maybe we can edit
1: that out, please.
2: Um, but yeah, so... Uh, yeah i hope obviously you've now heard that and, and his thoughts on on england and quite a quite a strong opinion as well uh, but that's that's probably where we're going to start um you know we want to talk mainly in this podcast uh, and and this series of podcasts we're going to be talking about england and england's chances and how they're performing and we're going to start there and the best place to start there is in the the squad selection choices really so i'll, I'll hand over to you guys pretty quick on this but um if I start with with the keepers, there's not really too much argument, I guess, in terms of of Hart, Foster, and Forster. I suppose Forster being the, the unproven one at, at international level. There, um, Alex, what were your thoughts on on the on the keepers?
4: Anything of a surprise? Um, it's difficult, really, because um, with Ronnie being in that atrocious Norwich side, it was very difficult to sort of justify a call up to to the, the squad uh, this summer. So I think. I think Hodgson's got the goalkeepers nailed on, um, and you know Joe Hart's just miles ahead of um, Foster and Forster, um, you know as the number one goalkeeper. So, you know I, I don't think there's any really major questions being asked about those three positions at the moment. Anyway, so I think I think um, you got your spot on.
2: Yeah, no, say like you say, I think Ruddy's chances were damaged by. By uh by Norwich and and unlike maybe Spironi and and Marshall at Cardiff, um you wouldn't say that Ronnie shone either with uh no. with 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 the chances that he was you know facing. He was quite a quite a few errors there. Interesting to see we were linked with him though, so <laughs> let's hope that doesn't come to fruition. Um Nick, I won't get I won't get you to to talk any more about the keepers unless you've got a specific opinion there. But um if, if we move on to defenders, I suppose every Palace fans first port of call is is looking at the available right backs and asking the the question of joel ward's exclusion uh first of all are you one of the people who rates glenn johnson
0: he um he was um ruined by Palace when we played him wasn't he at the end i mean he did a lot of running up and down the wing but actually he was their team's undoing because he was too knackered to deal with um with a and with gail and with with herring at him so it could be a worry um I'm just wondering whether the fact that we never got the Joel Ward chant competition going as well as, <laughs> as he promised to do, if we'd have got that going, he'd, his name would have been chanted at Sellers and perhaps he'd have been um, out here with me in Brazil.
2: <laughs> it's true. We did get some feedback in our survey at the end of the season uh, where people did notice that we didn't actually ever complete the Joel Ward the Joel Ward uh, song competition thing. To be honest, it was the trauma of knowing that we had promised that you would sing all the songs, Nick, that prevented it. But we'll probably revisit it next season, since there seems to have been a demand for it. Um, okay, I mean, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we we as Palace fans will always feel that that Joel Ward should have gone. And and if it's interesting to note that both John Stones and and also uh, Flanagan at Liverpool, John Flanagan. Um, were selected as standby and, and Ward didn't make that thing. Um Alex, you're you're sort of your stats man. Um mm. Joel Joel Ward scored very, very highly on, on the stats, but I mean is well I suppose comp- comparing him to Glenn Johnson as, as a right back. Is 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 Ward you know, is it really that cut and dry that in the stats Ward is a better right back?
4: In terms of its um, interceptions and tackles, Joel Ward is is right up there, and you know he showed this season, despite being moved around the team, playing centre midfield, playing uh off for a spell uh, during the winter time, and, uh, and you know obviously being pushed into left back, um, you know while um, obviously Moxie and Parr are unfavoured, he showed that he's you know a solid performer at, at, at you know Premier League level and. I just think maybe it came a bit too soon for him and that, um, you know, Hodgson was looking for, you know, players that sort of cater for, uh, you know, multiple multiple positions. So if you look at obviously Phil Jones, Phil Jones' depth ties, not only at centre-back, but centre-midfield for Manchester United. He's also played at right-back in his first season at United. You've got Chris Smalling, who's been played at right-back in most of England's friendlies whenever he's been given the chance. Um, so I think that sort of worked against him and, um, you know, you've you got, you got, let's be honest, despite you a know, you know, poor season for Glenn Johnson, you can't really justify bringing someone like Joel Ward, you know, into the team. But, you know, one player that, you know, I would love to have seen in a squad uh, just to just to look with one eye to the future uh, would have been, you know, Klein, giving him a chance because, you know, he's been mm-hmm. fantastic this season. Um, he's had a lot of competition, obviously, from Callum Chambers, who's, you know, the next big thing at Southampton and... Yeah. It, it's such a shame not to see him. Not only you know from a Palace perspective, but uh, from you know a young English uh, you know perspective that you know we want, it would be good to see some of those players in Brazil. But I guess you've got you've got Shore in the squad, and you know we've seen what he's done this season. So you know I suppose that sort of cancels that one out. But I guess one for the it, future there, Klein. Yeah,
2: yeah. It does feel it does feel again like there is the big club bias. You, you think about the seasons that, like you say, you've got Klein and he was pushed very very hard by Chambers. You're right, but. Eventually, won his place back. But you think about someone like him and and ask why, why he's not ahead of of Stones, who's won for the future, but looks a much better centre back than a right back mm. to me. Uh, Fl- I'm talking I'm only talking standby as well. And Flanagan, yeah. you know, has played relatively regularly for Liverpool, but you know, I don't think deserves to be to be on that standby list unless they're just obviously involving him for looking to the future. But I think what we're when you look at the actual squad, Phil Jones. Um, you know he's not. He's not a right back by trade. He's not a specialist right back. You you should be picking. Yes, you want people who can cover positions, but you want you want your your best players in those best positions, don't you? Really, United. In, in fair,
4: fair, fair to say though that if Jones and Small did play for United, they wouldn't be in the um. They wouldn't be in the squad like hands down based on seeing the seasons they've had this season. So. You know, it's just. I think it's just based on the yeah you know, the club bias, like you said, and mm-hmm. you know any other side. If Joe, Phil Jones is playing for somebody like Newcastle or something like that, he would be nowhere near uh, the squad. But you know, it does help yeah. when you play for you know Manchester United. Uh, you know, being yeah. able to get on a plane.
2: Yeah, Nick, you're an, you're an old stager, so to speak. Um, I mean, is, I suppose it's probably always been this way to a point, but I mean. What's your views on first of all the selection in defence? There, you know, is it? Do you think it's a big club bias as well?
0: Yeah, yeah, kind of. But I was going to mention. Um, I know uh, a couple of them are left, and and when we come to talk about midfielders and forwards, there there isn't so much there. I don't think because um, you got quite a few mm. Southampton, mm. Everton players, whatnot in there. So you know, it kind of balances itself out over the team. And uh, I've got a point to make about the number of players in the squad, but I'll do that later on when we mention more of them. Um, Baines, Baines is a good left back. Um, good left back. Jagiel has been playing well. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I, you're right, I'm an old fogey. Half of these names are kind of new to me because we've only had one season back in the Prem. <laughs> and to be perfectly honest, when we were in the Championship, I knew a lot more Championship players than I did Premiership players because I didn't really take much notice of it. So... You know, yeah, only no, only having a had, had a season to get back into it. Um, now that most of the golden generation have gone, I, I hardly know any of the bloody names in the team. <laughs> <So>. <laughs>
2: it's a weird. It's a weird thing to you say
0: that, Nick. I was. I, I wasn't sure whether I was actually
2: going to go into this or not. But we were talking about it. Um, talking about it with some colleagues at work, funny enough. And um, when the England, when England took their picture on the stairs with the plane behind them, sort of thing. I looked at it and I genuinely didn't know several faces. I know all the names, but I was thinking, I've never. This has never happened to me before, and it really is. It's because it's because we've spent so much time. I've been so obviously Palace focused, particularly doing this show that it it just left my brain that I didn't know what certain players actually look like, <laughs> you know, properly to see them dressed in a suit. I know where they, I know where they are when they're dressed in their kids for their clubs, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, it was, it was a real shock, I suppose. So I do know what you mean, but um, it's
0: also part of getting I mean, older, Chris. I think as well.
4: <laughs> yeah, shut up, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's my, it's my Who's the old fellow in there? the I'm hat? Really, really <laughs> <like
1: me. laughs> Is he yeah, playing for us? For that.
2: <laughs> yeah. Who's <laughs> he? Oh, do It's when you start seeing the sons of players you remember playing for anyway.
0: Friends, <sighs> mate.
2: Nick. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you you did mention the midfield there, Nick. Um, obviously the midfield being uh what just just again this shows you how to a touch when I am. I know oxlade Chamberlain took a you know, has a quite bad injury. Is he now out of the World Cup? Uh, it, wasn't 100%, it wasn't a
0: hundred percent it wasn't hundred percent this morning, I don't
4: think. Mm. He's uh, got a chance uh, to play it, a lot yeah. of
0: stages,
2: that's if
4: England even get there, but okay.
2: Um, so I mean he was he was looking one of the livelier players against Ecuador and you know you could see that he's he's someone who was given a little bit of early exposure and has grown into it both at club and, and country level and it, you know he is the sort of player that I, I can see is earned his stripes there and Henderson has been a very different player this year playing at Liverpool he, he's really grown and has become an important player for them and it's fun funny
0: you, to um, see
1: you know they've
0: sorry can you honestly see those two friendlies as being or any pre pre cup friend. Uh, pre-tournament friendly as a is a true barometer of how the competition is going to go for your team, though. Cause I, I don't think, I don't know. It's, it's just no, the most no. exciting thing that happened in both the games was the uh, the paper dart incident. The fact that the person who threw it had actually filmed it and that was on YouTube as well from the, <laughs> yes. from the <laughs> no, that was amazing. As no. it were. That's
4: the best it's atmosphere um... <laughs> you're going to get at, at Wembley. You know, for the next ten years or so. Yeah. so.
2: You no, know, it does sum our uh, our fans up to a point, as in our national fans that they'll get loud, cheer louder for a paper airplane than their team. Having said that, it was an amazing throw.
0: Um no said that, Chris. It, England may... is the only country in the world where if anybody drops anything, everybody cheers. <laughs> Nowhere else in the <laughs> world true. does that happen.
2: Yeah. And we just you know, we love a, we celebrate disaster, that's our thing. It's yeah. Good. yeah. Um you basically you've derailed me from the point I was really really good in soccer.
1: Thanks for the, the point I
2: was going to make. Yeah, back back to the football. Eh? Um no, I was going to make a point about Henderson. I think it's interesting. Oh, just just to make a point. You say how can how much can we tell from the friendlies? Um, obviously, you hadn't at the time we recorded this heard the clip from uh, Chris Kamara, and that's exactly the point that, that, that Cammy was making. Uh, that, that he felt not only well, he felt the friendlies were a waste anyway. And, Hodge and had actually had approached them wrong, which is you know it's a strong view, but he had consumed a lot of cider. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, obviously, yeah, like well, to say, the Liverpool fans have, have changed their opinion on, on Henderson, and I, and I think you know he's he's a good one to start in the centre there. Uh, obviously, this is Gerrard's swan song, really, um, and it is, and same for Lampard. That you know th- these are players that were part of that golden generation you mentioned, Nick, and. Yeah. This is really this. You know, this is them on their powers or on the slide and their last chance to get kind of any kind of recognition at international level in their career. Um, I think if we we're honest about it, it doesn't look as strong a midfield as, as perhaps in the past. But two names that do really stick out for me were Lalana and Barkley. I love the fact we've taken Barkley. Um, I remember seeing him at youth level playing against Palace in the in the I think it was the FA Youth Cup, um, and he. You know, on his own, he took apart a very good Palace team. And they still talk about him to this day on, on Twitter and stuff like that, the lads that played against him, how he was just bossing them, you know, bossed the entire team. He's a really, really good player. Alex, your thoughts on, on him and then Lelana?
4: Oh I think he's one of the most, like, in terms of the last 10 years, one of the most talented players we've produced for a long time. And, um, you know, the, the, the thing about, you know, Barkley, he's just got this great touch on him, but he's so physically strong and he, he's been able to keep... Cope with demands of Premier League so well, and uh, you know I've been really impressed with him. And you know I wish that we could produce uh, as a as a Palace fan the player like that, because you know since you know um, you know Watson and and maybe Tommy Tommy Saws to a, a lesser extent, um, we haven't sort of, <laughs> yeah. we haven't sort of produced a player like that that sort of can, can sort of meet the demands of Premier the Premier League. And you know I think. Um, you know, but I've been really impressed with Barkley, and um, you know, I, I do think he'd be, you know, a great option off the bench um, if we do need some magic um, and some inspiration. And you know, he's a he's a he's a he's a good young player, and and I'm a player that I, you know can't wait to see um you know in, you know this this summer.
2: Yeah, touch of the in terms of the ability, definitely a touch of the Gazza about him. I quite you yeah. know he's you know he's he's a physical specimen, like you know big big size, quite intimidating for a young lad. Um, and just all the talent in the world, in terms of the, you know, at the ball of his ball his feet. Um,
0: so will he, will he be given much of a free role then? Is he one of these uh, impetri- uh, no, impet- uh, That's not the right word, but one of these. He's so young that you, you just haven't got a clue what he's going to do. Type players. Well, well i yeah, to a like point like Lowen used to be when he first started. I know yeah, I mean, a obviously very different. But...
2: Yeah, different position coming from the centre the midfield. I mean, he
0: is. I suppose he is
2: touch unpredictable. but The thing is, it's the word is direct, isn't it? He's very direct. He's he's not. He's when you know when the young when young players break into the side. Quite often, they're not afraid to take on a player because they've been doing that in the youth team,
4: trying to outskill
2: each other, trying to burst past each other all the time, and that doesn't leave them until they until they get older and start worrying about consequences and things like that. And he's he's definitely currently in that fearless, almost you know, bull-like sort of directness, and it's. I say it's a very good. He's a very good choice. I think that's it's what the most impressive selection in the squad in, in my view. Um, let's let's move on to forwards. <clears throat> I forgot to mention Lallana L- 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 there. Sorry, mainly because I can't seem to say his name today. But <clears throat> uh, I thought he was he was the outstanding player when Southampton come to Selhurst. He bossed that game, um, and I think I, I love the fact that he's got in there. And I think it's a good chance to ask you, Nick, what you what you were going to say about the Southampton players.
0: Well, I, I was just wondering, if, if how many Southampton players are in there for? Or sort of exit or played for Southampton last season? Now, we've had players at Palace that have only done well at Palace, you know, a fairly successful Palace team. You know, when they've gone off to other, other places, they haven't quite it's been as successful. And I was just wondering, mm. these four Southampton players, are they just part of a, one of these teams that gels and might not be so good when they go to other places?
2: Um, it's a difficult one, isn't it, because Southampton have got a bit of history, I mean, probably a bit of history than we have, of yeah. producing very, very top talent. I mean, in, in recent times, obviously, both Chamberlain and Walcott, went from Southampton to Arsenal, Gareth Bale, yeah. you know, one of the best players in the world now. And, you know, you can say, oh, you get lucky with a certain generation, but obviously there's a decent catchment area down that way, uh, even more so with the decline of Portsmouth. Um, yeah. And, and they're obviously doing something very, very right behind the scenes. They've got a good, good academy set up, and it has been that way for a long, long time. And I think us as Palace fans, we sometimes forget that, you know, whilst people like Simon Jordan did invest in the academy and did get decent facilities, there's still some way behind the elite clubs. Um, and in terms of an academy set up, I think Southampton are, are pretty much, you know, you can always consider their academy an elite academy because it. You know, it's been yeah. functioning on a very, very high level for a number of years. And although we've produced some wonderful natural talent, um, I suppose they're probably producing more
4: rounded individuals, you know, with comparable talent, but the right right temperament. Yeah. Um, and, they're, and, they're, and they're sort of producing players of like variety, people, players of a variety, even you know, they've got Luke Shaw, sort of left back, quite solid, um, capable, you know, on the ball. You look at likes of Bale, oxlade Chamberlain, they're quite physic physically imposing, the, you know, great runners of the ball. And then you've got Lalana, who's, you know, you know, tricky, skillful. So they, they've just got a, a nice, you know, range of players that they're producing. It, and that's something that, you know, we'd like to see, you know, at Palace. Because, I guess, the last couple of seasons, we've had Johnny Williams and Wilfred Zaha. Zaha, you know, obviously physically imposing, tricky on the ball. And then you've just got Johnny Williams who, again, you say tricky on the ball, skillful. But not, not... Probably not physically opposing enough for the Premier League, so it's 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 mm. just getting that variety and that, and that and that and that you know range of player. And uh, Southampton has just been bang on. You know, thanks to just you know the management and and the support that the you know their youth system has been getting. So it's something that you know we'd love to see at, at, at Palace yeah. in the future. I
2: think I do think that you know, in terms of youth football, it, we are quite comparable to them. You know, we're, we're a little bit behind them, but there's certainly someone you can look to to catch up to. And there's no, there's no shame in admitting it. Of course, we love to big up our players, um, and, and our youth players. And you've seen it, I suppose, a little bit with with the likes of Hiram Boateng, sort of plays, mm-hmm. played in a, uh, yeah. the the cup against Stoke when he was still 16, and, and had a really good game alongside Jednak, but hasn't really, um, sort of. Well, it's, not, it's been difficult for him since because, obviously, he's not going to get much first-team football here. He got sent away. didn't settle at Crawley. Um, I mean, I blame John Gregory for that myself. He just didn't want to take the risk with him or mm. Saleh like, like And But you get that. That's part of their education. But people were saying, well, you know, on on the PBS and all oh, this week, you know, why why sign any new players of KG leaves? Because Hiram Boateng's there. And you want to believe that. You want to believe that that's oh, so, the case. But
4: Certainly. And, it, and it's the same... League. Yeah. yeah. certainly. And and the case for, you know, Alasani as well. Like if God, you know, Godfrey touch wood, if I could find some wood in, in my in my room at the moment. <laughs> where where we, we touch the skull, there we go, it's done. If we <laughs> if we can sort that, you know our place in the Premier League for the next couple of seasons, you know, where does Alessani fit into that? Do we feel that you know Alassane could you know be able to step up and as he got the physique to you know manage the demands of Premier League? It's all it's you have to wait and see. But I guess that's what Southampton have done, you know, really well that they've done, been managed to do that and the players they've produced have just been out of this out of this world over the past couple of seasons. So you know that's a tough challenge ahead there for Pulis and Parrish and you know the rest yeah. of the board.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and it's it's the sort of setup that the FA need to be paying as much attention to as possible because if you've got more than just Southampton doing it, and like I say, the other clubs do, but it's not been the production line that they've had, so be interesting to see what, what happens in the future. I very much think we you know we're quite you know visionary with our, and I know Gary Issa has been very forthright about what he needs as well uh, to move us forward, so I think we're going to head in the right direction. We can see a bit more of that uh, on the forwards. Um, no, more do- not really any surprises there: Sturridge, Rooney, Welbeck, Lambert, Sterling. So Lambert moved on to to Liverpool from Southampton. But um, I don't really. There's no one really who missed out on that squad that I would bring in. Um, so mm. just quickly, I, either of you two gents got an opinion, is anyone you would like any change you'd like to see in those in those forward positions? Uh, start with you, Alex.
4: Not really. I, I would have loved to have seen Jay Rodriguez. Um... Have made it, and you know, have been fit to to make the tournament. Because I think if he was fit, yeah. he would have sort of given Hodge the dilemma. Because you know he's been you know top, one of the top scoring uh, Englishmen in the Premier League this season, and he's just been brilliant. And so he sort of released the burden off Ricky Lambert. And I think that's what the club have sort of looked at and thought, all right fair enough. We don't need you know an aging forward on our books. We've got you know Jay Rui is one of the best. English strikers in, in, in the league at the moment so it's a shame that he couldn't make it um, apart from that I guess the other
2: away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery you in order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and
1: terms apply see mcdonalds.com the TalkSport fan network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year Let's all take a moment to talk more than
4: football. The would have been Carroll, but if you compare Carroll to Lambert, I think Lambert's just got a little bit more to his game. He's not as great in the air as, as Carroll, but he just offers a lot more mm. um, that Carroll can't really offer. So um, apart from that, I think England are well set. You've got Sturridge, who's probably one of the most, you could say one of the most underrated strikers at, at the World Cup, uh, probably. Basically, yeah. you know, his return... Uh, in the Premier League this season. So, you know, I think England are in good stead and, uh, you know, they've got the, the weapons and the tools to, to, to get out of this group.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely agree with that. And totally on storage, it's a, it's a very good point. Um, not as convinced by Danny Welbeck, but um, <laughs> we'll see what happens with him. Um, Nick, so, I mean, again, Alex has covered it quite well there, really. I suppose Rodriguez injury, and obviously Carroll deciding whether or not he'd played enough football and offered enough. Those were the, the two main decisions
0: yeah anything yeah. else you can say um, well what well, so Wayne Rooney we're going to see in this tournament is he actually going to turn it on in a World cup or is he just going to be kind of disappear again like he has in previous big tournaments um, I think you know, I that, I'd love that's to, uh, going to be a key key point to England getting out of the group I think how how well Rooney yeah. does. I mean we all I know um, if you watch Rooney throughout a game he he doesn't stop putting a shift in, but you know if his attitude's not right. It, it seems to affect his performance. But,
2: yeah, you know, i up a bit. I, yeah, what well, I've said before it, you know, it seems to every now and then be quite an unpopular opinion. But I'm a huge fan of Wayne Rooney as a footballer. Um, you know, I, I thought he was great when he broke on the scene. I thought it was a shame when he lost a bit of form, and I think it's a shame that people the, I, sort of turned against him just because he was kind of successful. But I think,
4: you know, he, yeah,
2: cool.
4: I, I just think that, and also this season, I think he had his two best games against us. You know, typically, yeah. typically against us, I think he was fa- yeah. phenomenal at Cellus. So I think he was the best player on the pitch. You know, scored an amazing goal, and at Old Trafford, you know, he was the star performer. So, you know, I've, I've got full faith for Rooney. I think he's got. He's still. Yeah. This is his last tournament to perform, and um, yeah, I think he's. Um, yeah, I think it most success will depend on Rooney, no matter what you know. The press yeah. have been saying recently. I think the thing with
2: me. on Rooney is that I I have always felt that he suffered from being so good a player in that you literally could put him anywhere on that pitch right anywhere and I'm I'm including Cole on that and I'm pretty sure he give absolutely everything he had and produced you know a minimum 7 out of 10 performance in every position that's my genuine belief about how good a footballer he is and but and I think the fact that I think certainly in in Man United's latter years under Ferguson, I think he noticed that there had been a general decline in the quality of his squad, and he kept dropping Rooney deep or pushing him wide to cover up for for other people's mistakes and you know and to cover for where they were weak. And I think if Wayne Rooney had just stayed playing as a striker or just off a striker continuously, he would have scored even more goals and he'd be much more revered and he'd be in better form going into international matches. And I think he can suffer the same fate internationally as well. I think he can be asked to do too much, or sometimes he'll want to do too much. He'll want to be picking the ball up way too deep for what, for what the system will allow. Now, you have to build your system around your best player, and I think Wayne Rooney has been our best player for quite some considerable time. And we've, we've quite often failed to try and build the thing around him. Um, you know, it's been unlucky in certain tournaments. He's picked up, you know, an injury. I think against Portugal, he got injured quite early on, um, which kind of ruined our tournament a while back. But you know, that that's you know, it might sound strong, but that, that's my feelings on that. And I do genuinely believe you. You raise the point, Nick, and I, I agree with Alex. This, you know, this is his tournament. This is what it is, for, you know, and he knows it as well. Um,
0: yeah, it's right and
2: it, so. How and how he hand, how he handles it, and how he actually you know performance and how other teams treat him I guess as well um will determine england's success or lack of um so there you go that's that's the chat on the squad that went on a little longer than anticipated uh so we'll try and keep the rest of this uh, fairly brief um, obviously this the the group we've got uh we're in there with uruguay costa rica and italy um i pi- i picked out my three players to watch um, obviously, Suarez from Uruguay, if he gets fit, I mean that's an obvious one, um, you know. And, and effectively, that's the best the best striker at the uh, World Cup, would you say, Alex?
4: Yeah, well, if he if he's fit, um, then then sure. Um, and uh, you know, obviously, if he's if he's fit and and ready, you know, Uruguay can top this group. But without Suarez, you know, they've got to rely on you know Edison because Cavani, who's not really led the line. That much this season for his club side, so you know that there's a lot of pressure on on his shoulders, um, and you know they have got a you know they've got a a back four that I'm sure Norwich would 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 you know be would not want to have because they're they're two two, two centre backs. So, um, well, they've got Diego Godin, who's probably one of the best uh, centre backs in Europe. But apart from him, it's quite a weak back four. You've got Diego Lugano, who's um, you know. Slow, I think I'm quicker than him. Um, you've got you've got he's got 53 speed in match attacks. I'm just looking at his card now, he's only a 58 with, with, with Alex and match
0: attacks. We can wrap this world cup up, so there we go. I've got at least a 54 Love it. speed, Love not it. bad at all. Um, and then if you, yeah, and and
4: with with. Max, Maxi Pereira, who's not had the great—I think he's—he's he's had an all right season for Africa, but it's not the greatest back four. And it's and with with England's you know pace and um, trickery, I think they they you know England could you know take advantage of 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 of, of that. Um, um, but yeah, my my player to watch would be would probably be Cavani. I think Cavani. Um, I know he's got a lot of pressure on his shoulders, but I think he's you know got what it takes, and I think this is his tournament to. To step up and sort of lead a light for for Uruguay. That's if if Suarez doesn't make it.
0: It's, it's an it's interesting. one, or go on, go on, Nick. So it's an interesting thing with every World Cup. You just watching the new players coming through for each for each country that takes part, and also you know the the players that it's their last chance, and are they going to shine at their last World Cup? Yeah, it's, I
2: was going to say, Cavani probably comes into that category, doesn't he? Yeah. Alex, the...
4: Well, yeah, he's twenty twenty seven, yeah. so. Again, this is this is his peak World Cup, and so he's got to take yeah. make the most of it. Now, with Forlan you know, on the bench, and in his, his sort of latter years, now he's not not the player that he he once was. This is you know Cavani's big chance um, to take advantage of, of the situation if Suarez is not fit, um, and a lot will you know rest on the shoulders. I think it's a, a big tournament for him, but you know, I think the, the, the Uruguay side it's 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 good, but it's not at the standard that it was in 2010, where you know obviously they finished. Third, uh, third place, um, losing to Holland in the semi-finals. Um, But you know they are dangerous on their day, and um, yeah, certainly a big test for England.
0: How much? How much will the conditions favour Uruguay over England? I mean, will that you know, traditionally, if if a tournament is held in South America, normally a South American team would win it. Um, Do you think the conditions do give an unfair advantage?
4: Mm, not really. If you look at the majority of the Uruguay side, side they're pretty much um, European based. So they've been playing their football yeah. in Europe for for a long, long period now. So it it, it will certainly have a factor. Um, you know, if the games are played at you know one, two o'clock in in the in the afternoon. But I think the, in terms of that atmosphere, it'd be more about temperature rather than altitude because most of you know Brazil's games. Are going to be at you know standard altitude, um, not really that yeah. like high up from sea level. But I think temperature is a big deal, and you know England's game in Manaus against Italy is going to be a massive struggle for not only you know the England team but the Italian side as well. And um, you know that's mm. going to be an African sauna um, played yeah. at one o'clock in the afternoon. Um, you know that's well, that's think- that's horrible. We're mentioning
2: Italy, obviously. With time moving on, we've got to, we've got to get straight to them. Yeah, that's that's the first game up. But I mean, I, I picked out uh, obviously Pirlo is there. He's been getting a lot of attention. Obviously, he's one who perhaps his best World Cup should have been a long, long time ago. He just keeps going and going and going. But um, I mean, last time we we saw England play Italy, I think it was last time anyway. I think he was um, absolutely outstanding. And you know, he's, he's a guy with incredible vision. Uh, doesn't need any pace really at all the way he plays. So, um, yeah, I mean he is the ability to pick us apart. And you mentioned those conditions. And I guess maybe with those those old legs going, he might be might struggle to, uh, well, to sort of pro- um, produce that form.
4: No, certainly. And we and and now um, you know with those conditions, Italy have got another. Pillar in the making in uh, Marco Verratti, who would be my player to watch for Italy. You know, he's sort of playing a similar mould to Pillow. Twenty-one, he's been you know voted in the team of the season um, in France for PSG last two seasons, and he's a very similar player to, to Andrea Pillow. And he's a player that would probably take the mantle, you know, for that role um, after the World Cup when Pillow probably will t- retire. Yeah. So he's not England. Don't have to cope with just one Pillow. Probably two, maybe even three oh. if you bring if you bring De Rossi involved. In Who's got you know great range, mm. great range of passing as well. So it's going to be difficult for England, but you know with with no like Sterling, Alana, Sturridge, some quick players up top. If they can hustle this this slow Italian midfield, then you know why not? I don't I, I don't see why they can't you know ruffle their feathers a lot a bit. And mm. I think they've got I've got a good chance.
0: Good keeper. Yeah, that's nice. The,
4: hmm. Very good keeper. Good is it still Buffon? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. With,
2: yeah. um, okay. so basically, um, I Um think... no, yeah, sorry. No, I was just, I was just going to say, interesting to talk about the matchup with Italy It's a good time to just go into it, save us a bit of time uh, later on. Um, from what, from what you, you we're talking about here, I think obviously the, the Italians will be the ones with, with the majority of possession. And it, I think it's all about what England do when, when they haven't got the ball. You know, in a way, we've got to try and fight the urge to be typically English and and hound every single area of the pitch in those conditions. Um, I think it will be a case of dropping back, you know, a little bit like Palace have been doing this season. I suppose is a good parallel. When the let them have the ball, let them work it. Don't don't have someone chasing down every single ball in their you know in the opposition half. Just just play it sensible, conserve your energy, and when you've got that chance to break with pace, that's when you do it, and you, and you get people up in support. And, I think that's that's the
0: way for us to beat Italy, in my view. Uh, yeah, there's no there's no way you can close down uh, at <laughs> uh, every moment and defend from the front, a la Palaf in the Steve Bruce era, in that yeah. in that kind of in those kind of conditions. And it's it's almost going to be chess-like, isn't it? You know, when when is the team that's when are they going to make a break, or are they just going to keep the ball and let those teams have a rest? And you know what I mean? It's going to be it's not going to be end to end for certain.
4: No, yeah, and, and I, you know I think England just got to be really economical when whenever, whenever they have a ball. Like if you look, remember this season, obviously Palace, you know we we had the the the, the ball the least amount of time out of any other Premier League side. So I think yeah. that's what's going to happen against Italy. And England have got to really use their possession up as much as possible.
1: Uh,
4: there you
2: go. I think yeah, Palace showing the way once more. Um, <laughs> the, the the final team in the group was uh, Costa Rica. Um, all I could think of was Paolo one shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but there is that fact that Paolo Onceop has got late. more goals in more goals. Yeah, eight years too late. Yeah, uh, but he has more goals in World Cups than Messi, Rooney, and Van Persie combined. That, that that's a good stat, isn't it? Yeah, if it was eight years ago. <laughs> all right, all right, but that's that's all I had. Um, so, Alex, you're the one who uh, who knows everything about football. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, have, uh, what have Costa Rica
4: got? Uh well, it's a shame because you know obviously uh, they've had the injury to Brian Oviedo um you know, second half of the season, which is a massive shame for them because he's sort of their ma uh, big, big he has a big say at most of their attack and play um on the right hand side. So he's injured. So but, uh, based on that it's a team that have, you know, they've they've looked strong. Uh, in the qualifying campaign. Um the likes of Brian Maurice and, and Joel Campbell. Joel Campbell obviously on loan from Arsenal. Maybe a good oh, yeah. target a good target for, for Palace next season. That's if he's not um not going back to Arsenal. A player that sort of performed really well in the Champions League against Man United, scored sort of great goal. Um and him and, you know, Brian Maurice who didn't really he didn't really pull off for him at Fulham, but he's a player with, you know, immense talent and, you know, this you know, I think you know he's much better suited to international football. So they have got some good attacking players, but you know at the back it's, it leaves a lot to be desired, to be honest, because you know there's, there's not a lot of strength there. Um, and but they do have a you know a, a great keeper in Kaelor Navis, who you know was great in La Liga last season, probably one of the best goalkeepers in the Liga, rivaling Courtois. So you know although that England probably will break down, um, break down their you know their defence, their goalkeeper would be an, an, another obstacle for, for the likes of Rooney and, and Sturridge. Oh, fantastic summary, thanks for that. Uh, what have you got,
0: Nick? <laughs> oh, I cost? agree with everything that Alex said because there are no <laughs> Costa Rican match-attacks cards. Get the
2: match-attacks oh.
0: <laughs> yeah, Well, none in my son's collection.
2: Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> All right, well, that is a real shame. But, um, I'm sure well, I'll go. find
0: out more before our next show because this isn't the only one we're doing, is it?
2: No, of course not. No, As I say most the main focus are we in the review shows, so we thought we'd give you a little bit of something. Plus, I really wanted to share that Cami interview because it's so funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I mean, just on a general point, we've gone through England's group. You know, I mean, well, I mean, I'm hopeful we'll qualify out of that group. I, I don't see. I think I think it'll be, you know, between us and, and Uruguay for second behind Italy, personally. But you, you never know, really, with Uruguay with that sort of ability up top could quite easily win that group in you know in South America as well. So it's it's a it's an interesting one. Um, I, but I
0: we'll,
2: agree. Uh, yeah. agree
4: I think I think um I'd actually think England are going to top the group um and then I think it's gonna be between Italy and Uruguay. I think it all, all will be down to Suarez if Suarez is fit then I think you know Uruguay would be a tougher proposition and and I think they might get that second spot. But I think Italy the good thing about this Italian side is there's a lot of different options Terms of formations that have been tried out in friendlies recently, so I'm going to go with England Italy. Okay. Um, what do you
2: reckon,
0: then?
2: Just, just so we've got
0: a... um, um, I think that um, Costa Rica will produce one shock result <laughs> during the group yeah. games. I don't know who yeah. it will be against, but I think they'll 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 win one of them, and that will decide who goes. Whoever loses to Costa Rica. Well, there you go. You
2: heard it here first. Um, all right, just a quick rundown on the remaining teams. We're not going to go through them all, obviously. Um, what I do is I want to try and get uh, each of us to pick, you know, our, our sort of best two teams that we haven't discussed so far that we think will make an impact at this World Cup. Maybe um, word from Alex on some of the best, best, better players that we'll see, um, and then we'll uh, then we'll wrap this thing up. Um, I'm going to start with a quick mention as well for obviously Algeria um, didn't end up picking Adlene uh, Guardiour, so they've you know, ruined any chances they've had of getting any attention from us. Agreed. Um, but obviously, Australia have done the correct thing, <laughs> not only picked a Palace player but made him captain. Uh, so, uh, well, what what do we think of Australia's chances of making an impact? It's a it's a strange one, really, because obviously they've got their players are sort of mostly scattered around Europe these days. Although they've been getting more and more homegrown, you know, home-based players sort of involved in the setup, I suppose, in recent years. Um, a lot of the time, they seem to be playing games against some fairly obscure nations.
0: Um, so it's hard to the really old judge. They to the final, don't they?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, All they the do. Playoffs
0: yeah. and, you know, they might it's... be playing somebody from but... South Korea or somebody and then somebody from the States <laughs> or from, from the Americas to get in. It's mm. really weird.
4: And then having to face Spain and. Netherlands and Chile in the group stage. Not really. It's not easy for them, is it?
2: <laughs> it isn't. No. But you think about. It's all about Australia. Have always been in every sort of level of sport. They've always had, you know, they've they've got great ability. Don't get me wrong. But it's always about that extra bit of steel. That extra, you know, the fact that, you know, second place is completely irrelevant to them. It's win. You win or lose. Even if you, you know, there's a placing system there. So. You know, and, and we've seen how good a player Jedi is, but it, you know, obviously he must be knackered and he's, he's had an injury going into the tournament. Uh, he picked up against Fulham, but uh, I obviously would love to see him have a cracking World Cup and love to see them somehow get out of that group. But uh, what do you rate their chances as, Alex?
4: Zero. <laughs> no chance whatsoever. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, no chance whatsoever. It's going to be really difficult for obviously Chile, Spain, Poland, tough teams to be, to, to play against. And... Um, yeah, I just I don't I don't see much. I don't think it got a lot of hope to be honest. But you know, it'd be interesting to see Mark Milligan as well because I know we were heavily linked with him in the summer. Yeah. Um, I don't, I think if he has a good World Cup, he's 28. He seems like a typical Pulis player. So and obviously being you know partnered with Jedi And the national side, does that you know helps helps the cause if we do lose KG. So you know he it'll be interesting to see how he how he fares. But apart from that, it's a team that's you know in sort of transitional phase, and I don't respect a lot from them.
2: Okay, um, Nick.
0: <laughs> yes. Pick a team. Come
2: on. Team. No, um, um, well, I'm more interested to in see if your match text cards have got anything
0: uh,
2: for, <laughs> for the Auss- the Aussies. Actually, <laughs> no, you mean think, you know you um, you you're you're, you're, no you're you're a vintage. Do you remember their recent golden times of Harry Kewell and Mark <laughs> Viduka and Coventry's John Aloisi? Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and Nick Carl was Aussie, wasn't he?
0: Nick Carl, yeah, yeah, Nick Carl was
2: Aussie, yeah.
0: Is now residing um, in the, uh, but where
2: are they now file yeah but obviously you can't I been since I mean those players broke through all at a sort of similar time and you know since then you've always kind, almost been kind of waiting for this inevitable you know rise up the rankings for Australia but yeah but so don't you
0: to really happen, don't you just want to see them fail for having a bloody audacity <laughs> to call themselves <laughs> the soccer ruse fail for that yeah. name Jedi have a good tournament the rest of you disappear into obscurity please.
1: <laughs> well, there you go.
0: For you so being called the Socceroos. I mean, what you the bloody mixed... hell that so... meant to be? All
2: right. All right, Nick. That's enough. Um, <laughs> so we're going to pick, basically, we're going to pick our winner and we're going to pick a wild card. Um, I suppose, well, Alex, what do you say a wild card would be? and Someone we think will... Just make an impact, or maybe could go all the way and surprise people like
4: Denmark uh, did all those years. Well, not yeah, ten, well, in I, I, European I, Championships potentially, yeah. And um, a lot's been said about Belgium, but for me, like a lack of you know tournament experience might not work in their favour. Despite you know the good players that they've got, lots of home based players um, like Sofazard Company, um, Morales, Lukaku, you know, the list is endless. Um, but for me, I think I think Switzerland's not being talked about, you know, quite highly. Because um, I think I think they've got a lot of good players in that side, a lot of good young players. They're in a in a fancy, you know, they're in a quite a, quite a simple group to get out of. If, if you look at, they're in a group with France, but they're also in a group with Honduras and Ecuador. So I think I know Honduras and Ecuador were, you know, tough opponents for for England. But um, I think Switzerland have got you know the talent in 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 their squad. You know, they've got Drimic, who scored a lot of goals for well for for Bayer Leverkusen. Oh no, for Leverkusen in Germany this season, and he's on his way to buy Leverkusen after the World Cup. Um, like Valentin Stocker, Gokhan Inler, lots of lots of players that have been solid performance in performers in Europe. So I think they've got a a, a decent shout of making maybe the last sixteen, in the quarterfinals. You know, maybe if they do pull a shot, you you never know. Maybe a semifinals appearance, um, mm. and then I'd say my winner would probably be Argentina. I think Argentina have got. Um, yeah, the best the best attack in the tournament, are like Aguero, Messi, Higuain, Levetti coming off of the bench, um, and you know in that midfield's not bad either, with likes of um, Gargo and Mascarano. So and also not forgetting Di Maria, who Di Maria, who I think has had a wonderful season this season, um, and he's sort of my tip for play of the tournament because I think he's so underrated, um, but he offers a, a lot for it for his for his side and. Yeah, I think, I think they're my tip, Argentina.
2: All right. Um, I've just noticed Tom's been, uh, producer Tom, who's producer today, and his absence has been <laughs> noting that uh, he feels Japan are going to perform amazingly. I really hope you're right, mate, because I've got them in the sweepstake at work. And I wasn't best pleased about that, but since you've told me they're going to win the World Cup, I'll, uh, I'll go with that. Um, all right, Nicholas, you can have your two, and then I'll finish.
0: I think Nigeria will have a little bit of a run. Looking at the other teams in their group, um, I think they can co- come runners-up behind Argentina in their group. And, and if they get get through that, then they'll, they'll play the winners of Group E. Now, France in Group E have either brilliant or absolutely the whole team self-imposed, and they captain headbutts people. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, there could be a chance of Nigeria getting, getting quite away. Um, I know it's boring. I actually fancy Spain again. I, oh, I, really? I, yeah, I think they they're gonna they're gonna do it.
2: I really think that. All right. Um, I think I mean I, you know everything. Every part of me thinks wants to say Brazil because it's uh, their home tournament. Um, you know, and their fantastic reputation and and the fact that you know they're, they're a very 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 good side. Um, but I, it's interesting to note from just you know reading about sort of you know around the internet and things like that that you know not not everyone's convinced about Brazil that you know that, that this is a team that can actually can you know compete to win the tournament, uh, which, you know, which is interesting. I just have to say I haven't really followed their results closely enough to say it. But um I, I mean I'm gonna go with with Portugal. Um not not even as the Wild Card because I just think any team that's got Cristiano Ronaldo has got a chance of winning every game that they play. You know, I'm not saying they will do, but I think he he, on his own, is capable of winning football matches. And if he if he does it, wins the right ones and gets on a roll, then, but I mean, obviously, I know he's, he's another one who's been coming into the tournament with, with injury issues. But if he's free of those and he's fit and he's on he's on his game, you know, and it, again, we talk about it being at the right age. It's, it's peak age for him as
0: well. He's um,
2: like a modern-day so Alan I think, Lee, isn't he? <laughs> he is. He's, he's like Alan Lee's slightly less talented brother. Um <laughs> I hate I hate Alan Lee. How dare he elbow Jedi? How dare he? Anyway, um, and my wild card, I'm going to pick the USA because um, I I think that they I just I, again I look at their squad and I, it's not like the sort of promising USA squad of yesteryear that that you know thought you know they they're eventually going to become you know a decent a decent team at world level um, and I and I look for it now and other than obviously the keepers. And the, and the likes of I suppose Dempsey and Altidore, and well, I suppose I'll try and think many others really um, probably does Demarcus Beasley still play for them?
0: Kobe Jones. He does. <laughs> don't
2: know about Kobe Jones, but yeah, <laughs> I remember Kobe Jones. Anyway, that let's not let's not get distracted by Kobe Jones's hair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I just think that they've got a shock in them. Um, I don't, um, maybe not. Maybe they won't get out of their group. I don't know. I think,
4: I think that there's enough talent. Well, the Germany there. and
0: Portugal. Yeah, exactly. They've got,
4: they've got, USA have got no chance. They haven't got Greg Bar, Berhalter anymore. So
0: <laughs> no Australia, Australia well, yeah. have got more chance. Iran have got more chance <laughs> getting out of their
4: group than you. Right? I, I think they. I think in that group they got a shock in them. And um, there's no. And there's no World Cup. No fancy. No World Cup. No fancy. No fancy. No World Cup. There we go. Wait, exactly. I miss fancy as well. I'm
2: sure the referees don't. Nah. Um, so there you go. That's that's my little tip again. I I'll be interested to see how that pans out. But I just think you know, football or soccer. Is growing. Um, it, it, I just think it's almost inevitable that, that they'll get something to get behind, uh, get some real excitement out of the tournament. Uh, yeah, I, I do think that they'll give I them a shot. The result. Years
0: and years and years and years and years. Of I was saying that when my dad was little about how America was going to break through because <laughs> so many people did, out I, there. I but...
2: think. Uh, I think the recent times they've they've really made massive strides. Um,
0: We'll Pat, say, you need re- massive strides
2: if you're that big yeah I can't really talk but yeah alright <laughs> so there you go there it is um, that's that's it I mean look out for our review podcast they'll be released at various different points throughout the tournament uh, feel free to get in touch with us during the World Cup it's uh, net forward slash contact um, oh, trying to stifle burping up my dinner <clears throat> there <it> <laughs> I'm all best right now. I had, had, jala, had jalapenos in it. <laughs> if, if Mikey listens properly, he'll edit that out so I don't sound <laughs> ridiculous. Did <Do> they do <laughs> this for
0: everything travelodge?
2: Hey, I'm not in a travelodge, mate. I'm in a Best Western. <laughs> <laughs> living it, man. Living it. <laughs> I'm, I'm living the dream. I'm a Diamond Reward Card holder. I'll have you know. <laughs> Can you operate a trouser press? No, no one can operate a trouser press. That's not, that's not even what they are. Uh, I don't even know what they are. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, you the another quick match. No, that's Premier in That's down the road. <laughs> I've said this before. I'm pretty sure I've said this before on a podcast. But what, Pre- what Lenny Henry doesn't tell you is that the big beds in Premier Inn are two small beds stapled together. <laughs> it's not as comfortable as he makes yeah. out when he jumps on it. If he did that on a proper one of their beds, he'd break his back. This has gone in a different direction than I was expecting. When you saw
0: yeah, your two beds it's... together, is it end to end <laughs> rather than side by side as well? <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> no. Anyway. Uh, I do want to mention uh we've been, we've been running a, an appeal for donations recently oh god's sake um, so uh, anyone who has donated thank you so much for doing that we will be giving you a shout out when the domestic season returns um, but we're genuinely humbled by the support you've given us so far so anyway we will be back soon with those reviews of the tournament as we follow events of the World Cup to a conclusion of some sort and also if there's any Palace news uh, as the tournament's on we'll be talking about that as well we quite regularly sidetracked by Palace today I think of Noticed so uh, there'll be plenty more being sidetracked by Palace as we go on. Uh, thank you for listening. And uh...
3: without any of this,
2: oh. there would be none of this. Mm. So <laughs> there's some sort of a sniffing sound there. I don't know what's happened, Alex. Um... Oh. No, it wasn't me. No, you sure? It's not sure? a sniff. Do you know what? I've come to the conclusion it's a noise I make with my mouth when I talk a lot because I breathe out the back of my mouth when I talk a lot. So, there you go. Do you want to not do that? It's better, I'm, it? I'm, I'm working towards it. Let's put it that all way. Right. I'm still voting for debilitating coke habit
0: myself. All right. Or <laughs> this... I used to be a cheese maker many years ago but little known fact about me and we were on our lunch break and we were talking about what happens if you get trapped in your car and it catches fire and, and uh, Terry said well I keep a big knife by me uh, I, I've got a big knife to cut myself out of the seatbelt if I get trapped and I said well what happens if the police stop you he said it's alright it in the boot <laughs> 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 all this got home very late and feel very, very rough today. But that's another story. But, uh, smack bottom.
2: HOLradio.net slash donate.
1: The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges honesty is key in any relationship if your friend asks you how you are feeling tell them honestly if you're going through a difficult time let them know opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference after all they are your mates for a reason let's all take a moment to talk more than football
2: it's the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your mcnuggets share boxes ready to go